The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius, Book 4, Paragraph 19. The man in a flutter for after fame fails to picture to himself that each of those who remember him will himself also very shortly die. Then again, the man who succeeded him, until the whole remembrance is extinguished as it runs along a line of men who are kindled and then put out. And if you should assume that those who remember are immortal, and that remembrance is therefore immortal, what is that to you? And I do not say it is nothing to the dead. What is praise to the living except perhaps for some practical purpose? For now you are putting off unseasonably the gift of nature, clinging to something else, uh, dot, dot, dot. Um, and the dot, dot, dot is from the fact that the uh, apparently the original manuscript is corrupt, so we don't really know how this paragraph concluded. Okay, so again, this is dealing with, uh, with the theme of memento mori, of uh, remembering your death, and... Um, and using that to uh, to regulate your <laughs> your fantasies and your perceptions during your life, uh, and this is talking about the fact that one day you're going to die and no one's going to remember you. So, like that concept itself, again, like many of these concepts, that concept itself is something that we know. Like we know we're going to die, we know we're going to be forgotten, but but the process of bringing it to mind in a way that affects the emotions. Uh, that's the stoic technique, or that's the technique that uh, that actually will help you to integrate this recognition into your 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 decision making and into your actual uh, you know perception of reality. So so yeah, you can know it intellectually, but the question is how do you make it real to you? So um, I uh, I once saw on a Reddit thread uh, that was asking the question. What is a deeply unsettling fact? And the Reddit user named Stab Stab Man <laughs> responded as follows. He says, so what's a deeply unsettling fact? One day someone will mention you for the last time, then no one will ever mention you again, and no one will remember you. So somehow that little shift from like the abstract idea that you will one day be forgotten to the very specific comment from Stab Stab Man of, one day someone will mention you for the last time and then no one will ever mention you again. That's the little kind of shift that I feel like really does affect the emotions. You know, like we think about, uh, you know, many of uh, most of us know we can name our grandparents um, and uh, we, we know them. And some of us can name our great grandparents. Some of us can name our great, great grandparents. But pretty much after that, I mean, they're lost to time, you know, and and, uh, you know, how many people how many people talk about them anymore? Or certainly, let's say if you have a famous, uh, you know, you might have a famous uh, great, great grandparent or, or, or ancestor. Fine. But what about all the other ones that you don't remember? So there is going to be a time when one day like so you're going to die and then and then your memory will be kept alive by those who are who knew you during life. And they'll mention you and they'll talk about you. And then maybe, maybe later on, you know, um, they'll talk about you as, uh, as a historical, you know, as, as someone who they knew existed and then, and you'll live on in their memory in that way. But then after that, it's, it's over, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll pass out of the last person's mind who, who knew you. And then, uh, and then that's it, you know? So that's what I, I think, like, in order to make this idea real to you, you have to think about it in this very particularized way. Again, this is the technique that Shlomo Hamel uses in Mishle and Kohelis, um, and Dovin Hamel uses in Tehillim. Make it real to the emotions through through particularizing it and through bringing it to mind in very specific ways, not just in abstract ways. 
So one of the questions I had here, though, when I was thinking about this is um, we mentioned earlier when we uh, a couple episodes ago, when we talked about Chazal's uh, principle of um, a person should always be involved in Torah and mitzvahs, even not for their own sake, because from not their own sake, you'll come to do it for their own sake. And I quoted the Rambam's example of the penultimate level of Shalolishma, the penultimate level of uh of or I guess the the level before lishma the level before you do it for your own sake and for its own sake and it says here uh, when the Rambam depicts this in his example he says uh, when we're telling you know a person uh, giving him motives to learn we say we say to him learn in order to become a rabbi and a judge people will honor you they will stand up in your presence your words will be established and your reputation will grow during your lifetime and after your death like so and so so I notice the Rambam does advocate using this immortality fantasy and the notion of fame after death as a, a viable shalolishma, as a viable like ulterior motive for learning, you know? So I was thinking to myself, would the Stoics agree or not? Um, and, uh, you know, like, like they, you know, are, here we have Aurelius telling himself uh, that he should not be preoccupied with his fame after death. And then we have the Ramam saying that this could be a valuable tool in a person's development because it could keep them motivated uh, to learn and, until they can actually learn for the right reasons. So, you know, you could just say that that Marcus Aurelius is talking about someone who is on the level of Lishma, of someone who's involved in in knowledge for its own sake and, you know, is past the point where he has to use the immortality fantasy. But still, I think it's a cautionary matter, which is that, you know, there is... Yeah, there is a danger in in undoing your lolishmas too early. And if a person is striving for fame, and they're striving for fame in a way that is leading to the correct lifestyle, a lifestyle of of Torah and Chachma and mitzvos, so then maybe he shouldn't be so quick to uh, to you know unplug that that shalolishma, and maybe maybe he should use it um, uh, to his advantage, like the Rambam is suggesting. So just a thought there. Uh, and I think that, you know, you see even here um, in, in this very paragraph it really says, what is praise to the living except perhaps for some practical purpose? You know, now when he says practical purpose, I assume he means something like when you praise people with good qualities, it will be it will serve as moral education for for others. But practical purpose could be for your own development as well. Uh, and not just praise, but like this this immortality fantasy, you know, again, as long as you realize that you will die, you know, you, it, it's a delicate balance. You know, you have to on the one hand. um uh, keep a realistic attitude, but on the other hand, like nurture your own development using and not using shalolishmas when they'll be developmentally, you know, um, advantageous or not uh, accordingly, and and constantly checking to see whether you know whether whether you should employ these lolishmas or not. One more thought here, as I'm going out of order, but after he does this little thought experiment about people dying and not remembering you, he also says, and if you should assume that those who remember are immortal, and that remembrance is therefore immortal. What is that to you? So this makes me think of something I've quoted in my Kohelis Shirin before, that my physics teacher in in, uh, in high school uh, was both a scientist, he was a physicist, and he was also an artist. And I remember in uh, when I was in 12th grade, he said that his dream, and he also, he was someone who, I guess, worked on uh, on designing the space station for NASA. Uh, so he was involved in the space program. So he one day he said to us that his dream is to take one of his paintings and to put it in a capsule and launch it out into space. And I think, uh, I don't know who, in the, if it was me or someone else in the class, asked him, like, what would be the point of that? And he said, so that something I created would be out there forever. 
you know, and that was this fantasy. Like he, he wasn't, it's one thing to fantasize about people on earth remembering you and like talking about you and praising you. But, but this guy like wanted just a piece of himself to be out there forever. And somehow the fact that it would be out there forever, assuming that it didn't like burn up in some sort of atmosphere or like asteroid or whatever, but that part of him would be out there forever. That somehow brought him solace and comfort, which just goes to show how, how insanely irrational the immortality fantasy is. I mean, you know, you're not gonna live forever. And even if you did like, or even, even if your memory lives forever, then like, is that going to do you anything? Like, is that going to do any good for you? Like you're not even gonna be around to enjoy it, you know? So anyway, I just thought I'd mention that because it's uh, on, on point. That is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.rabbi.com. Sorry, www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. The link is in the description. Uh, and thank you to my listeners for listening. And thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone. And I'll just remind you in case you missed yesterday's episode. I um, Yesterday, I uh, released a Patreon uh, um, video for those who are in the $10 tier or higher telling the story of my conversion uh, because my uh, my anniversary was yesterday, uh, the 20th anniversary of my conversion to Judaism. So if you're interested in that, uh, go ahead and sign up for the Patreon for a $10, uh, $10 contribution. And just a reminder, you can always, you know, contribute for one month and then change the amount from month to month. You're, it's not like you're locked in for life or anything like that. Uh, so thank you.